So back in the 80s, um, there was this thing that happened. Is any, maybe you remember a little girl named Jessica. Uh, baby Jessica is probably how you, you would remember it if you were alive watching TV back then. And just watch this and see if you, if you remember this stuff happening. Here's a shot, as you can see, at the uh, top of that shaft as everyone peering intently down that uh, hole that they've got parallel to the 8-inch uh, uh, water well shaft. So how many of you in here remember? I remember watching that uh, on TV. And, you know, this little girl, baby Jessica, got stuck. She fell down this hole. And I can only imagine if it was me and, and that had happened, I would probably, even though there were workers, you know, working tirelessly to get her out and they dug a tunnel down next to and all of those things. Um, but I can only imagine that even in the middle of that, she obviously was stuck and probably felt alone. I'm down in this little hole all by myself. There's people up there, but I'm down here. And, of course, she was young, but I, undoubtedly she was afraid. Well, uh, thinking about where, where you are or maybe where you've been in life, have you ever been like little baby Jessica? You fell in a hole and you got stuck. And maybe people tried to help you get out. Maybe they didn't, but it was a pretty lonely hole. Uh, might have been a little dark and cold and for sure a, a bit scary. Well, it's in those moments of life that some of the last words of Jesus before he left earth was, are just can bring some amazing hope to me and you. Uh, Jesus said, as he just, just before he left, and, and he saved these words to near the end so that we would remember them. One, one of the final things he said was, I am with you always. He saved some of his best communication for last. So in this series, uh, always, we're going to be looking at and discussing how Jesus is with us always, every single day of our lives, uh, today when we're stuck. 
To describe how Jesus is always with us, we're using Psalm 23 in this series. And it, Psalm 23 paints a picture of a good shepherd taking good care of his sheep. Let's read Psalm 23, verses 1 through 3. The Lord is my shepherd. He gives me everything I need. He lets me lie down in fields of green grass. He leads me beside quiet waters. He renews my life. He leads me along the right paths for his name's sake. I want to look at that phrase, he renews my life. The idea here is that a sheep is well taken care of, but it's gotten tired or something's happened and, and it got weak, but it's, now it's been refreshed. Its life has been renewed, okay? Now, uh, sheep sometimes have a especially big need to be renewed because they can get in trouble. Here's what can happen. A sheep can fall down and not be able to get up. I, I wasn't aware of this till recently, but a sheep can get stuck on its back and suffer for it. In only a few hours, it can be fighting for its life. It's most likely to happen when the sheep is uh, heavier than normal. Say a, a female sheep is pregnant or the sheep has a real thick coat of that wool fur and it's all damp from the dew and it hasn't been clipped yet, right? So when a sheep does this, it falls down and can't get up. There's even a term for it. It's called a cast sheep. The sheep is cast. Take a look. Here's a picture of it. That sheep is in trouble. Can I get up? There's only one hope, the shepherd. Now, if the shepherd finds this sheep in time, well, then most likely everything's going to be okay. He'll roll the shepherd up, kind of massage its legs, its feet, whatever, to restore that circulation that it's lost from laying there. And then he'll point the sheep in the right direction, you know, to the, to the way it needs to go, the rest of the herd, where, where, where it's going to be protected. And the sheep will probably wobble a little bit, and, but then get its ground and you know, get its balance back and everything's going to be okay. But if the shepherd doesn't find this sheep in time, it's over. I mean, it's going to die of heat stroke or it's going to die of hypothermia. Or, you know, it's going to get eaten because it can't run. It's there, stuck. Sometimes people feel like cast sheep. We feel like we're stuck. Maybe laying on our backs. Maybe we're getting roasted by the sun, frozen by the cold. Or we feel like life is gnawing away at us. Well, today we want to look at um, one of the main questions it's probably the main question that rolls through our mind if we find ourselves stuck like this, if we find ourselves rolled over and, and you know, we, we need help. And the, it's a very famous, very well-known one-word question. Can you think what it is? Why? Why? Why am I stuck here? Why did I fall over? Why is this happening to me? You know, it's a, it's a why. I mean, have you, anybody here ever asked that question? You ever asked God that question? Everybody else you, you talk to in life when you were going through it, well, why me? Why this? We, of course we have. And there's actually two answers to this question. And these two answers we're going to talk about today, and they, um, they cover 99% of the question. Or 99.9% .9 of the time when you ask why, one of these two is the answer. And so it... it, it this is going to be helpful, all right? So keep in mind, as we talk about this, that we're, we're, we're looking at Psalm 23, where Jesus, where the, where the shepherd renews our life. He's always with us. 
He's with us every single day of our life. So keep that in mind as we talk about the answers to the question of why when we get stuck. The first one is this. When we get stuck, sometimes it's our own fault. That's one of the answers to why. Sometimes when we're stuck, it's our own fault. But the good news is God, the, the shepherd, he's always attentive and he's attentive and he's always ready to help. Sometimes um, me and you, we need help to get stuck and a lot uh, unstuck. We don't need any help getting stuck. And the, <laughs> the, the answer is corrective help. Because if it's our own fault, we must have got off track somewhere to get there. So we need that, that course correction. We need that help. And, and every, if we're in that spot, every message we hear, every scripture we read, every piece of wise advice we get to or that, that somebody gives us relates to something we need to change, something that's going to correct our course. You know, forgive, be kind, be truthful, stop doing this, start doing that. We start getting this help. And the shepherd, uh, Jesus wants to do that for us as people. It's kind of like, you might, maybe you've heard this story, but I thought it's just, I think it's an interesting way to look at it. There's a lady that we read about in the Bible in John chapter 8. Uh, you can go back and please read that whole story. Well, she has been lawfully, essentially sentenced to death. She messed up and she's about to die. You know, they're about, it's not lethal injection, but it's lethal rocks that she's about to take. And uh, she's about to go down. Well, Jesus intervened, and he saved her from that death sentence. And then he did something. So she was, if you would ever think of somebody being stuck, she was stuck on death row, and she wasn't getting out. Jesus the shepherd came to her rescue. And then when he, that was all taken care of, he's like, okay, I've got you. You're, you're, I'm, I'm massaging that circulation back into you. I'm going to get you on your way. And his correction came. Uh, he gave her some corrective help, and he said this, avoid the sins that plague you. He's like, I'm going to help you out. Now, here's the way you should go. Here's the way you need to be headed. And again, John chapter 8, read that story. Um, God knew that we would get ourselves stuck sometime. Jesus was there in person to help this lady who had been stuck. You and I um, have been stuck probably more than one time in our lives. Maybe we felt like we were on death row. Uh, maybe we felt like there was no hope. And, you know, again, we were hot, we were cold, we were getting eaten. But God knew this would happen. He, was, he knew it was, ha he, he even gave us more help in the Bible. Let's look at Hebrews chapter 12, verse 7. Fully embrace God's correction, here's his help, as part of your training. For he is doing what any loving father does for his children. For who has ever heard of a child who never had to be corrected? God wants to give you and I corrective help when we're stuck, when it's our own fault. That's where we're at. When, when I've messed up and it's my fault I'm here, God wants to help me. He wants to help you. He, if we fully embrace God's correction, let me, let me tell you, I have never once in my life told my mom or dad when I was about to get a whooping, come on, bring it. I'm ready. <laughs> and let, let's go. I can't wait to get this correction. <laughs> Man, me and my sisters, we would like to hide the paddle. So that, <laughs> that just makes the whooping worse, just so you know, if you've been thinking about that. But um, I've never once said, I would just can't wait to be corrected. 
I, I can't, I'm, I'm stuck and things are going bad and I need somebody to tell me it was my fault and I need to fix it. I, I don't ever look forward to that. But if we will say, wait a minute, God loves me like a father, like the best father that could ever, has ever been, and he wants to help me get to where I need to go. If we'll do that, we'll embrace his, 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 his correction. It's like God picking up that, or the shepherd getting that sheep and, and getting that circulation. It kind of hurts a little bit sometimes, but gets them going where they need to be. Gets them rolling again. Gets them moving forward in life. Uh, if we choose an attitude of, of trusting God, we can, we can confidently take the actions that he gives us to take, and we're going to be okay. We won't stay stuck. If we cooperate with him, God's going to use our mistakes to even make us better. You can't lose here. I mean, this is, this is a pretty good deal. God wants to make you better than when you started. So when you find yourself stuck and it's your own fault, God's like, okay, I'll get you out. And let's get you better than when you started. That's the heart of a good shepherd. Now, uh, the writer of Hebrews even goes further with that, further with this, further with that stuff. Take it away, Ed. Got it. (laughs) (laughs) Chapter 12, verse 10. Our parents corrected us for the short time of our childhood as it seemed good to them. But God corrects us throughout our lives for our own good, giving us an invitation to share his holiness. So as we cooperate with God, we can become more like him, holy. And you may hear that word and go, oh, wait, telling me I'm going to be holy like God? Well, in this context, the word doesn't mean sinless perfection. You never sin or mess up. It's talking about maturity. It's talking about a person who's becoming more and more mature. And as they become mature, they make less and less big mistakes that hurt them personally. Now, here's one more scripture to encourage us to embrace this loving correction. Let me say that again. It's God's loving correction to help us. Romans 8, 28. We are confident that God is able to orchestrate everything to work towards something good and beautiful when we love him and accept his invitation to live according to his plan. God really can use everything, including your mistakes, even your sin, to eventually make something beautiful out of it for your life and for my life. I just have to be willing to trust him and try to live according to his ways like we just read. Now, we have a second answer for you. Answer number two as to why we get stuck sometimes. When we get stuck, sometimes there's no apparent reason. No apparent reason. But God, the shepherd, is always attentive and he's ready to help. Sometimes people are going along and they're doing good. I mean, they have, they're keeping God as the central focus in their life, and they're doing all they can to live for God at work, at home, with their money. I mean, and, and it's going on. People he could even see their life and go, wow, that, that's, you know, man, God's doing something there. It's really cool. This person's going along and doing great, and bam, life happens. And they are knocked down big time. And they know they didn't do anything wrong. They didn't deserve this in in the sense that they were doing all they could. But they get hammered by life. And then they very naturally want to ask that question again. Why? God, I'm serving you. You know all my heart. I'm doing all I know. And how could you let this happen? It happens. It happens to most people, actually. But it definitely happens to some. Recently in the news, 
Uh, you may have seen the story of a construction crane in the city of Seattle, Washington. It collapsed and killed four people. Well, my son lives in Seattle, so I talked to him about it, and uh, here's what he said. He says, Dad, already in this investigation, it's going to take a while, but already they're saying this was a one-in-a-million perfect storm kind of accident. They were disassembling this crane, and at just the wrong time, this huge gust of wind came up. It wasn't a windy day. They wouldn't have been doing it, but out of the blue, this big gust of wind came up and blew the top of it off and killed four people. Four people did make it to work that morning. Four people didn't get home. Four people were killed, and I can just imagine their families being so shocked and asking why. Well, here's some help for the follower of Jesus when they're wondering why. We find it in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. No temptation. Let me stop right there. That word temptation is a, a really big a word with multiple meanings. It means temptation to sin, yes. It also means no trial, no challenge. No catastrophe, okay? So picture just big negative, right? Nothing terrible happens. It has overtaken you. That's not common to man. God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted again or challenged beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. The picture is something has happened a person's suffering, but God's given them grace to hang in there and to endure, not give up and turn away and walk away from God. Some of you may have seen the uh, movie Breakthrough. It's a, it's a movie we really recommend. It's a true story, and I'm not going to spoil it for you if you haven't seen it yet, but I want to use just a general example, okay? It's about a crisis, and in this crisis, this mom has a choice. She can either get mad at God and walk away because she's doing a lot of the right stuff. She's in church and she's doing good stuff. But whatever her initial reaction was, she turns to God and she starts to pray and to cry out to God. She doesn't get bitter or angry. She pursues God in this crisis. Well, for us, no matter what happens, if we cling to God, sometimes it's like I'm holding on by my fingernails, God help, but if we'll cling to him, He'll get us through it. He really, really will. Now, if you're in a place like this, when you're just so upset and you're so even confused because you thought things were good, but now you have this issue and you're asking why, here's a, a nugget of advice can really help us deal with these unexplained crises that come along. So when we're stuck, like he's talking about, in, a, in an area where, why is all this happening Instead of asking the question, why me, try the question, why not me? Now, stick with me for a second. Um, I'm not talking about, well, you know, why not me? Why, why couldn't I get out of this? And, you know, why not? Why? Because I'm a good person. I deserve it. I deserve for, for God to come and save me and make everything better. I mean, I, I've been, I, I go to church. I've been doing this. I've been doing that. I deserve X, Y, and Z. Well, I want you to understand uh, there are no good people, okay? Not in the sense of, of perfection. It may be hard to hear, but you and I are like sheep. We all have flaws. Every single one of us has flaws. Every single one of us actually deserves way worse than, than we've got it right now. We deserve a lot of bad stuff, but God reaches out to us and in his love, he saves us, he adopts us, 
and he wants to take care of us. So, you know, the, the, I heard somebody this last week talking, and they were in a rough situation of their own doing, and, and they're like, well, I, it was crazy. I heard them say, talking on the phone, and they're like, well, I deserve a cell phone because I'm a good person. Well, no. <laughs> you know, I don't, dude, I don't know if you deserve a cell phone. I mean, so that's, that's not what we're talking about in the why, not me. But what, instead of think of it this way, when you start thinking why is all this, think why not me? Because God is a good shepherd. Why not? Why not? Why not me being the person that gets saved from this and delivered from this and made better because of this? When we humbly accept that God is a, a good shepherd that loves us, that cares about us, that uh, he's working just like all those folks at the beginning on the video of little baby Jessica. He is working around the clock to help organize our lives, to get us unstuck to take us where we need to go and, and get us going the right direction. If we realize that and say, God, you're the shepherd, I'm the sheep, what do we got to do? Um, things, things begin to change. First Peter 5, verse 6, we read this. If you bow low in God's awesome presence, you're humble, saying, God, you're, you're the shepherd, I'm the sheep. He will eventually exalt you as you leave the timing in his hands. Why not be the one who lets God renew your life? When you're stuck and everything is come to a screeching halt in the, in, in the why me, why this, why not me be the person, be one of the people that God brings out of this and takes further. Uh, there's a, I'm reminded of another story. There's a guy named Job in the Bible. If you're new to the Bible, you might have seen it and thought job, like it was, you know, this is how I get a job. No, it's, it's actually a guy's name, Job. And if you read the story, this guy was a really good guy. Did a lot of good stuff. He had pretty good money. He had a lot of kids. He had a lot of like herds and you know animals and stuff. And in the matter of a day, he lost everything. Kids are killed. His herds are killed. The only family member left is his wife, um, and she got a little grouchy with him at one point. And he even got deathly ill. And at one point. He humbled himself, and he realized, I, I'm, I'm stuck. But God is, is still a good shepherd. He's still God. And Job said this in, in Job 13, 15. God might kill me. The shepherd might decide it's my time is up. Which is, whew, that's tough. But I have no other hope. So if, you, if we take a, a, a maybe a little different angle and look at that, it, it's, hey, whatever happens, God is my only hope. And so I'm going to grab hold of him. And, and it turned out in that story, God got him through it. He ended up with way more than he had to start. He was better after God got him unstuck than when he went in. If you and I will choose humility before God, he always comes through for us, even when we're a cast sheep and we don't feel like we're going anywhere. Now, there's even more here in Psalm chapter 23 that we can uh, learn from and hold on to. Now, sheep need to be led. Left to their own, they get in trouble. And one example of this is that sheep will stay in one pasture too long if they are allowed to. They'll eat all the grass, then they'll dig up the roots and eat that too, and thereby destroy the field because it rains and that topsoil has no roots or anything to keep it in place, and it just goes down the hill, and this pasture has been ruined. 
Well, a good shepherd will lead the sheep to a good pasture where things will be better and this, this won't happen. But there's a key. The key is that the sheep have to be willing to follow the shepherd. And sometimes they don't. The shepherd's trying to get the sheep to the next pasture, and some of them run off or whatever. And if they don't get in that flock soon, then they'll suffer for it. Well, as you may be thinking already, yeah, that, that happens in our lives too, doesn't it? Um, for us, if we follow the shepherd who is with us, Jesus, we'll be on the right path. Look at this uh, verse 3 again. In the Psalm 23, he leads me along the right paths for his namesake. God wants to lead us to his best life for us. Just like a good shepherd wants to lead the sheep to the good pasture, God wants to lead you. Now, we can act like the sheep, though, and not follow and suffer for it. Look at Proverbs 16, 25. There is a way which seems right to a man, but in the end, it leads to death. Sometimes we think, oh, I got this. I got this. That's a dangerous saying, by the way. Be careful. <laughs> I know I've used it. I got this, and then I fall on my face. Well, a person thinks they know exactly what to do. They don't pause to try to pray or listen to God or, you know, think about it and ask him to guide, and boom, they fall on their face. Well, here's a verse from the Old Testament that talks about us as sheep. This is Isaiah 53. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way, to his own way. So just like sheep, we can go our own way and get into trouble, or we can choose to follow our awesome shepherd Jesus and get in on the right path for our life. So what's the right way to go here? You've probably, you've probably figured this part out already. Um, we, here's a few more verses from the Bible, though, to help when you're stuck. Remember these things. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus is like, I, I got this. And when Jesus says it, it's going to be okay. He won't, he's not going to mess things up. Um, he's there for us for our daily lives, every day of our lives. We have so much of what Jesus said right in the Bible, so much direction, even instruction, sometimes correction, and a whole lot of help from Jesus, right, available to us 24-7. Um, we even have a description of Jesus behind the scenes. It's him talking and telling why he's here, why he's doing this, why he's for us. And it's John 10, 10. I've come to give you everything in abundance, more than you expect, life in its fullness until you overflow. That's a, that's a great picture of a great shepherd that wants to take care of his sheep, take care of the people that, are, that he's responsible for, and he's responsible for us. To have the, guy, the life that God has for me, I must be willing to follow his lead. This is one of the things we do. We follow his lead. Uh, when we get these, this instruction, this correction, or this help, maybe, it's, maybe we're in one of those places where it wasn't our fault. We just, we just need help. I don't think anybody actually blamed little baby Jessica for falling down the hole. You know, she didn't know. She just fell down the hole. Well, wherever we're at. God has help for us. And here's the things we can do. The first is we can turn to God in our crisis. You're stuck. You're in a crisis. God, I need your help. Jesus, I, I want you to be my shepherd. You know, the, I bet you the, what is the sound that the sheep makes? I don't know what it's technically called, but the bah stuff, <laughs> you know. Um, uh, they're bleeding, a bleeding sheep. 
Well, we bleating sheep. You might be a bleeding, bleeding sheep too. <laughs> you bleed, but, you bleed. <laughs> um, hey, when I when I make a mess of things, or when life just happens to me, Jesus, I want your help. Lead me, help me, take me where I need to go. When everything's great, and I'm not stuck, I'm just looking over there and see another stuck sheep. But I'm, you know, prancing around. I'm doing great. Jesus, I want you to lead me, and I want you to take me where I need to go. I need your instruction because, you know, tomorrow I might fall over, or life might happen. Jesus wants to be a good shepherd to you. The next thing to do is uh, follow his lead. Oh, wow, that's almost the same thing. Turn to God and then follow his lead. Sometimes we get stuck in between those two. God, this is where I'm at, and he's like, this is what you do, and you're like, okay, I'll try something else. I don't really like that answer. I don't, I don't really like the help you're trying to give me, God. I don't really like what Jesus said here and read in the Bible. Well, take that next step and follow his lead. God, I need you to get me going. Take me where I need to go every day of my life. You can never go wrong when that's your attitude. We're about to wrap up here this morning. Let me share, remind you of two things. Number one, we'll have prayer teams up here at the stage if you need prayer for anything at all. And number two, be sure to remember to give before you go. All right, y'all stand. Let's pray. God, we thank you today that you're not distant, but you're always with us. And when we get stuck, you're with us, whether it's our fault or just life happens.